0: Thanks for joining us for Beyond the Pixie Dust, the first faith-based podcast for Disney fans. Together, we're going to dive deep into scripture from inside the parks, discuss the essentials of humanity like fear, joy, and grief with Imagineers and cast members, and we're going to explore what it means to live meaningfully in our modern world. So now, I invite you to join us as we dive Beyond the Pixie Well, I'm excited to talk with our guest today. His name is Tommy McGuire, and he has about four years of experience working across the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort. And for me, uh, having grown up, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later, but having grown up, always wanting to work kind of inside the magic, and what would that be like? And I have a lot of questions for Tommy today about this kind of stuff, but he he got to live one of my dreams that I have not been able to do yet. But uh, Tommy, thanks for coming on and talking with us today
1: absolutely, thank you so much
0: for having me yeah, yeah, so I just want to get to know you and um, not only for myself but for everybody listening of course who, who has never heard of you before uh, and just get a little bit of your story and so kind of going back um, did you have that classic experience growing up of like you you always loved Disney, always wanted to work for Disney or was this kind of just something that came about like as an opportunity as you, as you kind of went about your life
2: certainly, so yeah, I think like a lot of people who wind up working at Disney, there's uh, there's sort of a childhood uh, experience. You know, you you grow up watching the movies. You know, you wind up going to the parks, and then from that, you just kind of have this desire, like, oh my gosh, like I I gotta work there, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's certainly my story. I you know my parents raised me on Disney movies and all that, Um, we've certainly worn out VHS tapes, and I've heard a story of, you know, a Mary Poppins tape that just so happened to magically disappear one day, I think, because I was (laughs) uh, putting it through its paces uh, a bit too much, perhaps. (laughs) But, yeah, and then my parents took me to Disney when I was few years old and my dad had a friend that worked there and and I think he got us in as a family and all that kind of stuff and you know kind of got that initial experience and as I got older you know it sort of developed an interest in just how things work in general like you know today I'm a programmer and kind of a professional problem solver so as a as a teen and and all that you know I was just enthralled by what all goes into this, you know, when I was visiting at that age, you know, because there's just obviously so much. You experience it on kind of like an adult level where you realize there's all these rides, different shows, parades, like, you know, however many resorts all across all the different parks, so many people working there, like the logistics of it are just on a huge scale. And that was something that really resonated with me at a young age so i think i think yeah there that was that was certainly my experience but i do think there are people that work there who who don't necessarily go through that and they just well everybody wants to work there so why not me that kind of thing and maybe less of a disney fan but yeah, I was definitely
0: one of those Disney fans. <laughs> sure, so. yeah, you kind of have that classic experience of, you know, <clears throat> okay, liking the, the media, the, the movies, the the books, the stories, and then you get a taste of, and I can certainly relate to this, you get that taste of going as a kid, experiencing the parks, and there are, are different levels of experiencing the parks. And, you know, you always have those people that have never been there before, or maybe they went on a crazy day and their kids were really out of control, and they say, oh, yeah, we you know, we tried Disney, you know, it's, you know, it's just like, you know, Kennywood or it was like Cedar Point. It's like, okay, it's not like that. It's a totally different thing. Right. <laughs> and because there's these different layers and if you take the time to get invested, you know, then you walk down Main Street and you're seeing, okay, what are these names that are on the sides uh, of these buildings as I'm walking down Main Street, and you start to ask kind of these types of questions. And so there's like these layers that as you go back, it's not just, oh, well, here's the same rides or like, I'm kind of going back to the same thing. You're starting to invest yourself deeper. And then for some, like you've just told, you know, it's it's not enough to just go and, you know, kind of invest yourself in that level. It's like, I want to be a part of making this happen. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: and that's exactly right. And I, I just think it's it's one of those sort of unique experiences because, uh, you know, I, I can't really think of many other lines of work or companies that cultivate that rich of an investment. You know, nobody, yeah. nobody grows up thinking, you know, oh, what's your favorite, you know, universal movie, you know, or whatever, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, that's so just not a conversation, you know. You know, you just... You just don't have that sort of, you know, desire from a kid that deeply rooted to do a certain thing in other lines of work, I don't think, you know, maybe I'm biased, right? Because I I
0: literally lived that, but, but it just speaks to such a
2: different level than...
0: I think other opportunities yeah i i I certainly agree and i think you're onto something and this is kind of this what we'll explore here in a little bit and also just as a greater uh kind of direction in this podcast and through what we're doing is just this deeper level of meaning what is that all about and trying to explore what that means to so many people and it's like you say i mean i've been to universal and and you know there's some good stuff there I, i loved harry potter um but I, I mostly refer to Universal kind of as Mufasa did. You know, uh, you know that's the shadowy place. We must never go there uh, compared to Disney. Um, it's just so different. Uh, and there's a different feel. The people, the, the, I, I don't even know what they call them there. The employees over at there, you know, they're not cast members. They're totally different. Um, so, I mean, we don't need to go on and on about Universal. But it's just, yeah, there's something different about Disney. So, okay, so you have this dream And uh, now we get into the time where you're able to kind of get into the college program. And um, what was that process like waiting to hear back, by the way, like uh, waiting to hear are you going to be accepted or not? Yeah, it was, you know,
2: I I kind of applied on a whim and uh, really had no understanding of what the program was like and just kind of learned about it all of a sudden. I think I was, you know, on campus and there was a, a table set up and, you know, a girl was there like, hey, what are you doing this summer? You know, just kind of like out of the blue, you know. Wow. And like, I don't know, probably working at Panera or something, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing, you know, and she talked about the opportunity and was like, hey, we're doing a presentation, um, you know, where you can learn more about living and working at Disney and all that kind of stuff. So I applied, really did not have high hopes on hearing back, but thought mm-hmm. Man, that would be would be pretty cool if it happened and then one night I just got an email saying hey you were accepted and immediately was like all right this is things are taking a different trajectory than I thought you know that's for sure I mean it was it was amazing I mean I I showed my mom on my laptop I think I mean you know obviously my parents and family were really excited and everything but um, but yeah it was it was pretty cool experience to get
0: that that actual offer. That's awesome. It's it's like uh, so I am surprised you didn't actually initially seek out the college program. It kind of found you and uh, it's like reminded of this quote of Jesus. Like you didn't choose me. I chose you. Like this whole thing of like right. like you're mine. Like I, I sought you out. Um, exactly. So, so when you when you you hear about this, you're looking forward to it now with your knowledge of the parks. Like, did you have something in mind? You're like, oh, I, okay, I really hope I get X. Totally. I think a lot of incoming
2: cast members, they, you know, you'll talk to many that are like, yeah, I really wanted to be a princess, or I wanted to be, you know, a jungle cruise skipper, or. Something along those lines, right? Like all the yeah. all the roles that everyone's very familiar with, and and I definitely wanted to work in attractions. I think that was probably one of my top choices. Um, but when you apply, you get to choose between various roles that you're willing to do, and then they kind of assign based on demand and and workload needs and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so you know, you could choose from custodial, you could choose from food and beverage, attractions, entertainment, all that kind of stuff. And so I I left them open because I was like, man, you know, if this, if this happens, I'm pretty much willing to do whatever it would be, whatever they would offer. So my initial offer that I got was for quick service food and beverage. And that's all it said. Um, they don't really tell you your role until you get there, but you know, looking at that, I thought, man, that, that could honestly be anything. You know, they yeah. they could put you in any of the parks, any of the resorts. You know, it could be Cosmic
0: Rays and Magic Kingdom. You just is, said it. That to, that, that just like, to say, you just said, like, my nightmare is, like, oh, I'm just stuck in the back of Cosmic Rays flipping burgers, right. and it's just, like, sweaty hot, and you didn't even remember that you're in the Magic Kingdom. Like, that is my nightmare right. job. Right. And it could be that all the way down
2: to, you know, it's this, it's the food court in Wilderness Lodge, you know, or whatever. And it's something much more quaint or, or smaller, that kind of thing. Right. So it could be anything. Um, and then when I, when I did arrive for my program, you know, the first day involves going to casting, which is essentially their version of HR, Sure. and they tell you what your role is and tell you about your initial training and all that kind of stuff so my assigned role at that point was outdoor foods at Hollywood Studios um, which is now outdoor vending they renamed it but outdoor foods and that could really be uh, any of the the smaller stands in Hollywood Studios park so mm. I mean I was a little nervous just because I wasn't uh, wasn't quite used to the Orlando heat at that point from Northeast Ohio. Uh, So that was, there was a little bit of apprehension there, but once I got into it, I really did enjoy it a lot. You know, I got to bounce between a lot of different locations in the park on a daily basis. I wasn't just kind of stuck in one spot and, you know, got to work with a lot of great people and because of that food and beverage training, that also allowed me to pick up extra food and beverage shifts across the whole property, not just within the park. So that kind of allowed me to work in in the other parks and at downtown Disney, which it was called at the time, and Mm -hmm. a few of the resorts and work different events and do things like that too. So I definitely enjoyed that experience uh, and would recommend it to anybody who's remotely interested
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you you did that um, time a couple years at uh, Walt Disney World, and it was at Hollywood Studios, and then I think you said ESPN, Wide World of Sports, and um, just kind of filling in other places. So you kind of worked a little bit of everywhere. Yes. And then you had the chance to go over to to Disneyland Resort as well after that. That's right. So uh,
2: following my two college programs at Disney World, I went to do basically a seasonal status, which meant that I could work as needed, you know, I could kind of pick my own schedule, Um, but they were changing the requirements of the program at the time, and, you know, after a year and a half or something of that, that was going to go away, uh, at least for me, just because of the requirements they were putting in place, Um, so I applied for another program. I was like, well, if this is if this is the end of the seasonal Disney experience, then perhaps I could go and work at Disneyland. So I yeah. applied, and it was funny because after my initial programs, I told myself, you know, I think the only way I would do another program, just in terms of where I was at in life, I was like, I think the only time I would take that opportunity is if it were at Disneyland, and if I got photo pass photographer
1: and of course that was the position that i was offered at wow. the disneyland college program nice so really really amazing
2: uh, i knew that the dynamic was going to be a little bit different there obviously a bit smaller feeling compared to disney world you know much smaller property and a smaller workforce overall but honestly i you know made some of my best Disney memories in that role just because of being able to take pictures with the characters and you know all these families that are meeting the characters doing different things like you know just just an amazing experience that one was
0: yeah you have a, a wide um, variety of experience across not only the parks but also in different states and then um, in these different roles as well so just really a, yeah. a nice uh, background of, of different stories to be able to tell from those places um well, I so I'm I'm picturing so of course, there's many different uh, stories that people have written now about what it's like to be a cast member. Um, you know, There's a whole series called Earning Your Ears that are kind of short books on on different cast member roles. Uh, there's a book called Cast Member Confidential. There's all these different books that people have written on, okay, what is it like to work in all these different roles as cast members? And specifically with the college program, um, you've already alluded to a couple of the different differences there. Um, obviously, with college program, we're talking about college age. Um, but something that, that people might wonder obviously about is, you know, if you are in college, then you sign up for the DCP, Disney college program, you head down, um, to say Orlando and you're there. Um, you obviously aren't living in Florida. You don't have a house in Florida. So, um, can you tell us about what is the living situation as a CP, as a college program person in, in, in working in that, in the college program?
2: Yeah. So Disney has kind of uh, a a similar experience in both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. They have basically apartments that they contract out. So very, very different between the two, though, again, because of the scale. So I want to say Walt Disney World had somewhere around, I think, 7,000 college program students at the time that I was there. But when I was at Disneyland, I, I think it was on the order of like a few hundred. Very, mm. very different scale. Yeah. Um, so Walt Disney World housing, they had college program cast in I think four different apartment complexes, and each of those complexes had many, many buildings in them. So you know you can imagine, just you know again, think think any big apartment complex, you know, kind of near a city. I mean, it's like those um, with anywhere from two to eight to a unit, I think, depending. And I think they've probably changed this a bit since I was there. I think they, they might have might be putting more cast in, in one unit at this point. Okay. Well, maybe not at this point because of the pandemic, but sure. in general. And I think they're also building uh, newer housing as well. Um, but that Disney World experience was was good. Everyone had their friend circles, kind of, but there were so many different job locations, which kind of affected how people hung out, you know, large groups of students that were starting and stopping at different times just because of school schedules or different um, break times or, you know, opportune uh, visa times for different countries, you know, coming through and that kind of thing um shift times working you know some you know a lot of people that worked at magic kingdom would wind up working later you know but some folks in animal kingdom work a lot earlier just because the park closed a lot earlier and that kind of thing i mean you have all these factors that kind of contribute to these you know different pockets of students that you know kind of gravitate towards one another just kind of naturally and there's so many of them right so um Whereas with Disneyland, much smaller, again, probably a few hundred students, I can't remember the exact number. I think most, if not all, of those students were in one apartment building. There was just a few stories. And it was all connected. You could easily get, you know, from one unit to another to visit friends and stuff like that. And most students had the similar start and end times. Most were from California or other west coast states versus all over the world so like the resort uh and cast experience felt a lot tighter knit you know so there was closer connection i think um just since there were so few students and you know a lot of the a lot of the college program students had similar working hours and all that kind of thing
0: Hmm. It's almost reminiscent just of in a in a different way of a large campus small campus of any any college that you go to you know you think of here in Ohio because I'm also from Ohio, you know you think of Ohio State it's so wide there's so many different you know dorms and and places there, but then you know where I graduated from um, was a small Christian school in in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, and they had a, you know they had a few dorms, but it was a small thing that you kind of you kind of knew a lot of people, um, not everybody, but that idea of the small campus feel versus a larger campus feel. And I would assume um, kind of that just transfers over that normal college experience to what was experienced at Disney in terms of um, kind of the, the groups that you hung out with and so one of my questions was going to be about and to refer to these books again some of the books obviously a book needs to sell if you're going to write a book about being a cast member you can't just say like hey uh, you know I I worked at food and beverage and kind of everybody was nice and so here's my story of like my my shift because no one will buy they won't hear the crazy outrageous things that happen at disney (laughs) behind the scenes so so you know in these stories you hear about like oh you know what like everybody from you know the the entertainment was sleeping together with everybody and you know it's like all these crazy stories well in my mind you could tell me like like what the truth is to this or kind of what you saw uh, but it almost sounds like you know it's very similar to any college campus where you have those groups that are doing stuff and then you have groups who aren't um, it was that your experience or was, was there something uh, going on there? Sure. So, yeah,
2: I think, you know, first of all, to give my own background a little bit, I think my experience in the college world might be a little different than most. I went to a Christian school too. So, um, you know, just in terms of, uh, a strict comparison, Disney
1: probably felt crazier than the Christian school, right? I think that's oh, sure. probably, that's That's to be expected, you know, so my yardstick on that is probably different than other
2: folks. Mm. Um, But I think in terms of of the kind of crazy factor, you know, I I don't – you make a good point. Like I don't think the college program experience is unique across other
0: secular university settings, you know. I I don't think there's – really anything surprising that would would occur there yeah yeah that and that and that makes sense it's a i think the big word would be microcosm it's like a it's it's its own it's its own thing but in it's very similar to to any other college experience um So, I mean, as a Christian coming into this, you have kind of your, and and I'm similar, so I grew up and went to Heartland Christian School, which most people listening to this won't know, but since you're from this area, you'll know uh, where that is. And so, you know, going to a small Christian school... And, um, you know, having that experience where, of course, not everybody that goes there is is living a Christian life or, you know, doing the right thing. Um, but, but what's interesting is that small Christian schools, even if you're not, uh, kind of the cool thing to do is pretend that you are. <laughs> so everybody's kind of pretending that they're on the up and up, you know, so they're not like, hey, try this or do this. So you kind of have this widening now going into the college program. As you said, it was it was different from what you had expected. Um, as a Christian and going into this, uh, did you find it hard to work in the midst of, of some of those temptations, some of those things that you saw around you in the college program? Um, I don't consider it to be hard. I I think I, like
2: a lot of college age students was probably in the midst of figuring things out about myself and about my faith at that time and all mm. that kind of stuff. I think that's a pretty common story. Yeah. Um, you know, admittedly I probably wasn't the model Christian at that point. Um, but that's obviously something that's always evolving for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I think that if anything, that time there, you know, helped shape me to be a better Christian and just a person in general. Um, you know, and overall, you know, I'm better off, you know, for those things. So, um, and I, and I, I think that, you know, speaking to the, the Christian school experience, you know, and even where I went to college, you know, was Christian school, um, you know, there were certainly folks there who, who did precisely what you just mentioned, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's like, yep. And in class, I, you know, everything is one way and, you know, once I'm on the other side of town and and all that
1: kind of stuff, right? Then it's it's something very different, right? Right. Yeah. Um, again, I don't think that that experience is
2: is unique, but um, I I do think that you can find. I mean, the world is your your mission field, right? So, and it's it's up to you how to best represent yourself, right? And you're you're faced with those choices every day, and Again, I I don't think there's much about the Disney College Program experience that's separate or unique from really any other college age experience.
0: Yeah, 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 and that and that and that makes sense. I mean, the the difference is you get to work uh, next to a castle and you know those types of things. That's that's the big difference. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Those are those are very differences yeah, yeah. Sure. just not in terms of the the temptations faced i mean we're gonna be that the uniqueness of what people face and that's one thing people always think that they have you know like no one's ever faced this before like whatever whatever we as individuals face each person think like oh i'm, I'm alone in this you know no one's ever faced this before It's so hard because i don't have anybody who can relate and and that's not true like no matter where we go in the world, it's like, okay, someone has already faced this and probably someone right around me is dealing with struggling with the same issue, the same thing. And it's like, you know, we really have a lot in common and, and it would be great if we could rely upon each other more to kind of get through things uh, because of yeah. that similarities. Absolutely.
2: And I, I think especially with the Disney World college program, you know, there's, there's a lot of more of that type of opportunity again just because you have so many people from all different walks of life you know so you could you could find some you know some friends that are more your speed if you know going out and partying and all that kind of stuff isn't isn't your thing you yeah know? sure um, and at the same time you know there's a lot of people that you could reach or that you know you could uh, that you could benefit from too um, you know it's just yeah, it's that community experience you know you definitely get that
0: there yeah yeah for sure yeah so so people who are listening to this myself included um, those who are maybe looking forward to the college program there are a lot of thoughts about what it would be like and some of them you know include what where you would live things we've already talked about but some of the biggest ones like when you grow up and you go to the parks and you have your favorite attractions, you have your favorite areas that you just wish, you know what you could do. You can ride the ride. You can study everything about the ride. You can buy books about this ride, you know, this attraction. But at the end of the day, you can only do so much. And so when you think, when those those of us who have not been cast members think about the possibility of becoming a cast member We sometimes have these visions of what that might be like, the things we could do, the places we could go that are, you know, we've never seen before. So someone's like, well, I would love to go and walk through, you know, the Haunted Mansion ballroom by foot, or, you know, like maybe I'd go into the actual jungle in the jungle cruise. Uh, You know, these types of things, it's like I'd be able to do that because I work there. Um, (laughs) So how often does a CM have the chance to actually go to kind of places and explore things that really fit that dream of seeing what you wouldn't normally see? I would
2: say I would say pretty frequently.
0: Um, really, I don't know. There's there were a lot of opportunities while I was there
2: to do things that I think were probably off the path. I suppose um, even just being backstage, you know, as they call it, you know, so behind mm-hmm. the walls, you know, where uh, where guests don't go and all that kind of stuff. Even some of those experiences are kind of wild because again, you you grow up on the inside of those walls you know you you see those big gates and you wonder like what's on the other side of that thing you know and you I remember the first time like walking through one of those and you know obviously being allowed to do so because I worked there you know I was like just blown away You know, I was like oh this is what it's like you know like those yeah that that itch had certainly been scratched you know um Uh. I will say, you know, there are some aspects of it that are like any other job, you know. I think, you know, there's there's TVs in the break rooms and all that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. I, I think that, that can get kind of jarring against, you know, working in the parks and among all the magic and everything. I mean, like a, I was working at Disneyland when the Boston Marathon bombing happened, mm-hmm.
1: and I was taking a break at
2: mickey's house at disneyland and i saw that on the tv you know when that 15 minute break was over i went right back to hanging out with mickey again right so like very jarring things like that can occur but i that's that's normal right um but on the flip side of that yeah lots of cool stuff that could happen um there were there's always different backstage tours and you get to hear about you know, different, uh, rides and attractions, shows, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I personally did a couple of different tours of the haunted mansion and got to walk the track of that and learn about, uh, you know, all the different, uh, all the different kind of nuances and, and tricks and things like that associated with that ride. Um, did a tour of the Kilimanjaro Safari at Animal Kingdom. So, you know, got to see, you know, kind of how they partition all the animals off and, you know, how they take care of them and all that kind of thing. Uh, different previews of, of new things, that was pretty cool. So, for example, while I was at Disney World, um, you know, it was the fall time and they were doing rehearsals at that point for the Halloween parade for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party. So when they do that, you know, they'll have um, some of those rehearsals with cast members in the park, only cast members. So that kind of stuff is really neat because, you know, it's after the park has closed. It's, you know, no guests there. It's only cast members. Everyone there is just jazzed to be there and see this parade for the first time, you know, that season or whatever. And everyone's just, losing it over over the parade you know it's just so much fun uh, mm. you know different different attractions getting to ride them with all their work lights on or off you know so riding rock and roller coaster interestingly with the lights on is, mm. is a much more intense experience because you realize how close uh, you are to the other
0: track oh yeah um, similar to space mountain i would assume yeah, yeah, and I've done that at Disneyland. They have uh, they have a
2: steel track. It's very different from the one at Magic Kingdom. But that one's that one's pretty intense as well, with all the lights on um, Tower of Terror. You know, that's an interesting attraction to experience that way as well. Um, and then also different presentations and seminars and things by you know current Imagineers or you know, kind of Disney legend type people. Um, you know, I had a, there was a presentation I was in with Marty Sklar at that mm. time, um, all that kind of stuff. So, so there are definitely a lot of those opportunities. I mean, they're optional, right? You don't have to if you're not into it. But if you're into it, you're probably signing up for that stuff.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I can't imagine somebody uh, who is a cast member working at Disney. Like, I mean, I guess if you're just completely burned out after a late night You know, you're not going to, you're going to just have to go crash in your bed, but it's like, I don't know how I could ever avoid signing up for all that stuff. That just sounds like my, it's, it's actually what you said is actually far surpassed what I thought you would be able to do. I thought it was like, well, they kind of keep things locked down. Like, you know, you're not really supposed to go in there and really walk around, but it, it sounds a lot, a lot more open than I, than I had thought initially, um, which is really cool, um, for us to, who have not had that chance to be able to envision, um, I've had somewhat of that experience in some of the backstage tours, but again, that's guided. So you know you gotta wherever they tell you to go, you can go you go there. Um, right. and uh, so for those who aren't cast members will never be. Um, I do recommend some of those backstage tours because you do get to see like underneath the haunted mansion you get to see uh, from a different perspective and some of those things. But uh, just that you know that idea of being able to see kind of behind the scenes behind the magic a little bit, as you got to see that though, Did that um, ever end up kind of, not that it ruined it for you, but, um, you know, when you go back and you visit now just as a guest, is there anything lost on you because you've seen everything behind the wall?
2: I don't think so. I, you know, I've been certainly, you know, several times since working there, you know, especially at Disneyland because we lived in California for period of time after I had worked there and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I had certainly had an awareness of what was happening behind the scenes, but there's still, the magic is still there, I would say. You know, they're, just because I have an awareness of how a thing works or what's on the other side of the wall, I, I don't, for me, that doesn't detract too much from the, the wonderment of... Cars Land, or whatever yeah. it would be, you yeah. know, it's still, it's still a marvel. You know, some of the things that they are able to pull off, and sometimes you still scratch your head. You know, it's like, man, I think I know how that thing is happening, but maybe I don't. You know, like yeah, it's <laughs> kind of the Disney magic. You know, you you think you've
0: got it figured out, but uh, you never know, right? that's yeah, it's it's so it's interesting because even like I say, the little bit that I have seen. Um, in those behind-the-scenes tours, and you're like, okay, now I know exactly how this works. Uh, I've seen it from a different perspective, so you know, it kind of—I could tell—it's a robot instead of a translucent ghost or whatever. It's like right. then you go on the attraction again, and you know, but your mind can't really process as you're seeing the illusion that what you know is actually to be reality. It's hard to to separate those two. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Something that you mentioned just a few minutes ago, I wanted to go back to because I thought it was really interesting. And in some of the things that I was reading, um, you mentioned specifically the you know seeing when you were on break, the Boston Marathon bombing, then going back out and um, assisting Mickey and stuff. And I was thinking about some of these similar type themes that have resonated with me over the years. Um, you know, the the day that Walt died, for example. Um, You know, they didn't announce in the park the family. I don't know if if Walt told them before he died or if it was just the family, you know, decided on his behalf. But the family decided, you know what, people are here to have a good time in the parks. That's what Walt wanted. And so they didn't announce uh, over the loudspeakers he has just died or anything like that. They announced quietly during the flag retreat ceremony at the end of the day. Um, And they didn't have, you know, the next day the the flag at um, half-mast and those types of things. And in the same way, I think of stories that I've read about September 11th at the parks where, um, you know, obviously there was a chance that the parks could have been targeted in, in Orlando. And so um, the cast members just had to evacuate the parks in a calm fashion. And they didn't tell them at that time, you know, hey, uh, World Trade Center has been hit by, by a plane um, because that could have, you know, incited panic. So they just had to quietly kind of join hands together across the lands and bring people to the hub and then bring them down main street and the same way in all the other parks and it's like that image for me um there's a lot of images of September 11th and tragedies you know that are that are uh, moving but because of my love of of Walt Disney World that image of just you know quietly these cast members having to join hands and move people down and so that they can get on their bus and go back to the resort and learn this tragic news you know it's just a it's more moving than most pictures of, of that event for some reason to me um but but in that i think about um you know kind of the we've talked about the illusion on the attractions and stuff just a moment ago but even in that just the when you're in the parks there's a certain version of reality that you're being presented with and this is kind of what we're seeing here so you had you know you went backstage you saw about the bombing but you weren't going to be able you weren't i'm sure allowed to even uh, go out and say to the people, hey, you know, something bad just happened. You, you wouldn't do that right. because that breaks the sense of what you're trying to do in those par- in the parks. Bring joy and happiness to the people. Um, Certainly. Not, I guess, I, I don't know what my exact question is on this, but like, maybe you have some thoughts on this. Like, do you think this hurts overall? Does this does this help? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on those kinds of crazy big events like that and, and happen to go out and be like, okay, and here's Mickey, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean,
2: obviously my mind was a bit preoccupied, you know, after I finished up that break, right? I'm thinking, wow, like that's wild. I I only caught a a sliver of what occurred and not really having the full picture. I was like, man, I hope, you know, everyone's okay. Like I had had run a few races to that point, not marathons or anything, but I could imagine, wow, that would be a really crazy scenario to be in, right? Like that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So my mind was definitely elsewhere but yeah you certainly have this expectation to uphold the magic right because Mm -hmm. that's that's what guests are there for that is that is the product that disney sells and you know whether it's it's not something with a you know a price tag on it on the shelf that you go and buy well there's certainly a price tag but you know it's not it's not like that kind of product but they part of the experience in the parks is that you are detached to some degree from the realities of the world right yeah um, obviously they're gonna do their best to protect that and to kind of wall you off now they if you've watched um, the Imagineering story on Disney plus or yep. you know I'm sure you've read in some of these books you know they'll talk about the berm around the park mm. and kind of you know it's just idea of a a, you know basically a lot of earth that's built up around a park to give the illusion that there's nothing else outside of that you know so you can't see the roads you can't see other buildings most times uh you know all that kind of stuff and they do that not just with dirt but with trees and all that kind of thing and um i think there's there's a Emotional berm too, you know. It's there's not just a physical barrier that's you know kind of shielding you from whatever might be happening outside the park, um, but there is that. Uh, you know, if there's something happening in the real world, there is kind of a responsibility and an expectation among the cast. You know, to not really, not really reflect that. You know, and I haven't worked in the parks among the pandemic, but. Mm. You know, I'd be curious as to how, you know, how they're instructed to handle that, because there's obviously a very practical side of, you know, you have to ensure everyone's wearing masks and uphold all those things, you know, but maybe otherwise do they not dwell on it? You know, do they not try to engage too much with that, you know, and, and that kind of thing, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a really interesting phenomenon. And I, I think um, another you know kind of side thing is that that physical berm you know matters a whole lot in in disneyland where they're surrounded by city blocks you know on on all sides basically with other hotels and all that kind of stuff uh whereas at disney world obviously there's 40 some square miles of land to work with so you really don't you know see a whole lot else they can control that a bit better there do think there is you know like you said that sort of detached reality that you um you know become a part of once you're there um on both the physical and
0: emotional level yeah yeah there are a few things that I was definitely uh agreeing with and and for those who have been to um Disneyland like you say it's almost a shock for I've been there once a few years ago was my first trip to Disneyland and so you know you have um it's almost not surprising to me like when I'm in Magic Kingdom in in Orlando to be like oh I can't see anything outside of here because there's really nothing around there in at least in my mind um right. but when you're at Disneyland and and you have only had experience with Walt Disney World and then you go out to Anaheim and I mean when you walk out of the park you just turn left out of the gates and there's like oh here's a Holiday Inn and a and a Denny's and it's like here's some Uh, Here's just some homeless people walking down the street, and it's like, wow, that's totally different feeling than when you leave Magic Kingdom and you just all you see are buses and the contemporary, and you got, you know, it's a different, it's a whole different thing. But I like what you said about, you know, that there we have okay, the physical berm, even at Disneyland, it's even, it's even more obvious um, because of the place where it's located. But then you have, like you said, that emotional berm, and one of the stories I heard recently, um, and I actually um recalled it and told it, uh, it uh, at, on the promo for this show, um, but not in any episode, so I, I think I'll mention it again here, is that in this conversation, it reminds me of that because Walt um, had this vision that the park was not like, in a, it wasn't an illusion. The park, and of course for him was just Disneyland, was not an illusion, it was reality. So there's this story of uh Billy Graham coming and visiting Disneyland alongside Walt and uh, so they went and took the tour together and when they got to the end Billy Graham was overwhelmed with what he had seen and he stopped and he said, "Wow, Walt, what a fantastic world, what a marvelous world of fantasy." And Walt looked at Billy Graham and said, "Billy, look around you. Look at all the people, all the nationalities, all the languages. They're all smiling, all having fun together." And then he said, Billy, this is the real world. The fantasy is outside. And so it's like this idea of, yeah, to some degree, okay, hey, we're not telling people right now about this horrible thing that's happening in, quote, the real world. But I think maybe Walt had this in, this vision, like, you know what, the real world should be, like, the, is this picture essentially of, of Eden, this picture of you know, the new Jerusalem that we see to get it, to get biblical for a minute, like that Revelation 21 idea of like, hey, all races, all nationalities, like people are having fun together. They're smiling, they're laughing, like this is reality at its core, what it should be. And so like, I love that story because it just so envisions what I think many of us have experienced and and want to experience. Maybe that's one of the reasons we go to Disney, I don't know, because we want to have that feeling like, hey, this is what life should be
2: yeah absolutely yeah i I think there's a a, like i said before it's it's almost that escapism in a way you know there's a a feeling of you know safety attached to going there you know it's like nothing can happen in here you know like there's there's Mm you know, the, the realities of the outside world, you know, just don't, you know, they don't necessarily exist, you know, inside yeah. these walls, you know, and that kind of thing, and I think for a lot of people, that's that's probably what, what they're going for, you know, and it's, I think that even carries to a lot of the Disney experiences, you know, I've been on a couple of Disney cruises, and, you know, it's, you could think of those that way, too, like, you're, you're being guided around different, locations, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's, you're, you're being treated, you know, to the nth degree, you know, and, and excellent service at dinner and, you know, all these different shows and things like that. And, and it's hard to think about, you know, what's it like back home, you know, when you're, yeah. you're sucked into that kind of experience. But I, I think that's something that. You know carries
0: through a lot of a lot of the disney experiences yeah and it's even i've thought about this before like just to take magic kingdom as an example like you are they do a great job as we know of immersing you in whatever area you're in so if i'm in tomorrowland of course we have everything themed to that the the costumes of the cast members the the area we're in the music and so, like even when I'm in 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 Tomorrowland, I even forget for a time that Frontierland exists. Let alone the rest of the world exists, right, because you're right. so in that area. Um, and that's you know uh, to not only uh, um, thanks to Walt, but also you know the Imagineers since then that have done a great job of immersing us in these lands and these areas. Um, so. This is a this question is kind of a wide open question uh, and could go anywhere, but I I want to try to ask people that I have on here this this same common question and that is, you know, we've talked about the deep meaning um, that many of us feel when we're in the parks and stuff, but just gen- generally and and you could go anywhere you want with this, but what do you personally feel makes a life meaningful?
2: Yeah, well, I, I think like we've been talking about recently here you know a lot of the Disney experience like to kind of focus it in on on Disney first you know it's rooted in nostalgia in a way and kind of what life was or or that kind of thing but then also this optimism or idealism or however you might want to call it you know so You know, to both of those, like, I'm certainly nostalgic about, you know, the Disney characters and the stories and going to the parks as a kid and, like, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's a whole lot of investment in those areas. But then the flip side of that is that Disney kind of, again, it gives you that other reality or, you know, you want to think in Walt's terms, like, the true reality, um, you know, of what life is or could be you know, optimistically, um, if we put our very best foot forward, you know, and, and put our heart into it and, and make everything the best that it can be, you know? So I think in terms of meaning, uh, in life in general, there's probably some parallels here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we reflect on the past for whatever it might be worth. Sometimes it's, you know something great that we treasure and we hold on to and there are probably aspects of it that you know that we learn from and and iterate on and we do our best for those around us to make the world a better place you know um and i think when you think about it through a christian lens then you know we i mean we know who we're serving when we do that um ultimately right
0: yeah but
2: I think that if you know, if you're, if in my opinion, if you're doing, if you're doing the best you possibly can, um, you know, and, and enriching the lives of those around you, you know, to whatever whatever capacity that you've been blessed to be able to do,
0: then you know that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Almost sounds like you're you're uh you're saying love God and love people, like like just enriching people's lives. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I guess that there there's this this rabbi two thousand years ago, he was right, I guess, after all. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, as we as we wrap up and, and this this uh time that we've had together and stuff like I uh wrote about this in the book that that I that I worked on with with these same times types of themes, but this idea that you know I'm the pastor of a small church and I've been in churches my entire life um and I have but very rarely I've gotten emotional during any services or you know any music or anything like that but there is and I don't think it's just me here there are this moment when you go to again I'm thinking of Magic Kingdom because it's so iconic you go to the fireworks show there and the music starts and you see the first little thing appear on the castle and all of a sudden you're getting choked up um <laughs> why i mean you grew up in a in a in like a christian school too maybe you were crying in every service i don't know but what why do you think is like this this feeling of at at for me at least and maybe you can tell me what your thoughts are but like i feel this connection not just to disney or like something is happening at the parks but somehow I feel like God is present somehow <laughs> in right. some of the themes. And, and that's probably based upon what we're talking about, these deeper realities that are happening. Um, but what do you think that is going on there? Uh, do you think that Disney speaks to something deeper inside all of us in these kind of moments? I think it does. Um, there's, you know... and.
2: First, I'll acknowledge, like, you know, we're all definitely wired in different ways. You know, nothing wrong with that. Obviously, yeah.
1: Yeah. But, right.
2: You know, I, there are definitely things that I do and don't get emotional about, but I'm kind of along the same lines with you uh, hmm. with the fireworks, you know, like music starts, you know, you feel the base of, you know, whatever song and, you know, see the fireworks begin and all that. And that's like the world is like upside down. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah but i think for a lot of people you know disney strikes a chord that's kind of been there since birth you know again going back you know anyone who grew up with these stories and going to the parks and and watching the movies and all that kind of stuff i feel like again that investment started at such a young age you know and there's there's just this deeper connection to it. Um, And then when you get to the parks, you have, again, this feeling of safety, right? It's a, it's a haven of sorts, right? You're cut off from the grit of the real world or the world outside the parks, right? And they've obviously worked really hard to protect that, you know? So when you get there at the end of a long day, you're kind of torn open, right? A little bit. You're like, you're, you're vulnerable, you know? Hmm. And you, you see the fireworks or you see World of Color over at California Adventure. You, by that time, you are immersed, you know? There is there is no going back, you know, at that point, you know? Yeah. So those those shows hit hard, you know? Um, but I, I do think that because of that, it's it's not just it's not just one person's experience you hear the oohs and ahs and the wonder of those around you in the parks too and that's part of where i get a little choked up is you know i hear some kid you know oh it's tinkerbell you know or whatever and like obviously i know what's happening with tinkerbell flying from the castle right yeah but that kid has no clue you know to to that kid that is tinkerbell you know flying like truly flying from this castle right now you know yeah and um so there's that kind of childlike response you know to what's occurring in front of you and that suspension of of belief you know um that occurs yeah but yeah i i think i think that the experience you have growing up and you know just kind of the huge nostalgia factor that that they have just this unfair advantage on uh, almost and then combined with those around you um yeah I, I think that that adds up to a lot and i i do think that everyone has some sort of connection like that like i i even think of there was a story i heard of Um, there were these, I think it was two sisters that were like kind of estranged and they had kind of a broken family scenario and one wound up working at Disney world and, and they hadn't seen each other in like decades or something like that. And the one was a character performer. I can't remember which one I want to say it was Chip or Dale or something like that. And they Realized as they were greeting this guest that it was their sister, you know, that they were greeting, and they had, you know, the um.
0: sister that was meeting Chip or Dale, they had no clue you know, <laughs> that that was their sister inside, right? Right, uh, or performing the character.
2: Um, but a lot of people have those really exceptional circumstances pop up or those crazy experiences you know and that drives that whole disney experience even deeper right and i i think a lot of people you know whether they believe in god or not you know there a lot of people don't believe in coincidences you know and those sorts of experiences um those aren't just up to chance you know like i didn't just happen to go meet Chip, you know, and that person happens to be, you know, my sister that I haven't seen in twenty years because you know my parents split up or whatever, right? Like that.
1: A lot of people believe that just doesn't happen, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that kind of in, uh, emboldens the
2: whole the whole Disney experience. So I, I do think there's a lot of factors at play, but I I, I think there is is something deeper, you know, about Disney than you know
0: a lot of a lot of other things that we experience in life. Yeah, that's it. And of course, people always make fun of of it's a small world because it you know gets stuck in your head an annoying song, whatever. But right. I, I was you know Richard Sherman, Disney legend uh, who who wrote so many famous uh, Disney songs and music and Mary Poppins and all sorts of things. Who actually wrote Small World uh, said that he they that him and his brother wrote it as almost kind of a prayer, like this, this thing of this truth to kind of speak to what you were just saying. Um, when we actually stop to think about the words of that song, it is a pretty d- you know, deep reality of what they're talking about. You know, there's so many differences that we often focus on between people in our world, uh, whether it's a different culture or, you know, I don't understand this person because they come from a different background or race or whatever. And that song to just say, listen, like we all share these things. And then it becomes even more real. Um, you know, sometimes it's just a cheesy thing to say, like, "Oh, hey, it's a small world after all." In response to the Chip and Dale story, but at the same time, it's like, "Well, wait a minute. Actually, it really is. Like, to, to think that just happened. Like, these things just happen to be that you're in the, this place out of billions of people at just the right time, um, and everything that happened to, you know, even just the two of us speaking on this interview today. Like, everything in our lives." had to happen a certain way for us to end up where we are right now. Um, And there's just so many crazy things. Some call it the butterfly effect, some say the factor of one, Uh, but that that small world factor of like, everything kind of just lines right up to lead you to where you are today. And it's overwhelming when you think about it, but then some of these maybe moments like you're talking about, where as a child, you see those things maybe, and then during the fireworks, you get to re look through that lens again you get to go back and not be like hey well i'm a businessman and so you know i just see the bottom line of the numbers it's like no now i see tinkerbell and even though i see there's a wire there i can kind of see it it's like oh wow for a moment you know i I thought how how are they doing that um and so you get to see through this lens that then maybe opens you up to some deeper realities as well but,
2: Absolutely, and then once you once you work there, you just wind up saying things like, "Oh, well, that cable from the castle is so the prince can get ESPN," right? <laughs> and that's that's the
0: reality. There you go. You have to come up with stories to, to explain everything. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming on and, and talking to us today, Tommy. And I'm um, been really excited to talk to you because of just a big Disney fan that I am, and hearing some of your behind the scenes. And uh, you know, I would love to talk to you again in the future, I'm sure, as this podcast goes on and talk about some more of your stories and hear, bounce some more ideas off of you in terms of meaning and and life and stuff like that. But um, thanks so much for for coming on and and sharing all this with us.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love the chance to connect with you via social media or email. All the links that you need are over at beyondthepixiedust.com. And I would also love for you to join our community Facebook page. We have a public Facebook page, but then we also have a community Facebook page where we talk further about the content of each episode. And so I'd love to get you over there. Additionally, I'm excited to announce that Beyond the Pixie Dust, Becoming an Apprentice of the Kingdom, our first book is now available over on Amazon through Theme Park Press. So again, all the links to all of those things available at beyondthepixiedust.com. You'll see it in the show notes, and we'll see you on the next episode.